0: Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com are our websites. And coming up in a few minutes, speaking of the web, I want to talk to you about all the scams going on in some way related to the coronavirus where people are trying to get in your wallet I'm going to tell you what you need to know in the Clark Rages moment. And coming up later, AT&T is putting a big push behind their new television product. Oh, man, I got to tell you why it's garbage and stay away from the offer from AT&T. It is the wrong choice. So since early this morning... I've been getting um, a lot of requests from media about what's going on with the oil market and what's going on with the investment market. And I want you to know that as necessary, day by day, I'll deal with aspects of what's going on with the economy related at least indirectly to coronavirus because it is so top of mind with people. Tomorrow, I'm going to deal with the travel side of it. We're getting a lot of questions posted every possible way on social media, uh, directly on Clark.com, Clark.com slash ask, from people with various travel-related questions. I'm going to deal with those tomorrow. I actually just got off a cruise Saturday, and I I did television, multiple pieces of TV from the ship. And so I walked into a TV newsroom today and people were looking at me like uh, like I had the plague or something that <laughs> I'd been on a cruise and wanting to know, what was it like being on a cruise right now? And uh, so I'm going to talk about the travel stuff in depth tomorrow. But right now, I want to talk about the two dominant stories of today. And one is the stock market is past a 52-week low, and uh, stock markets around the world are in a panic mode. Uh, Trading in the United States has been hit by circuit breakers, which is where trading is temporarily suspended, in order to keep stocks from feeding on themselves in a downward spiral. And oil markets have gone crazy and there's an if then here what happened what's happening with stock markets around the world is related to a war that's underway undeclared with the dictator Putin of Russia and the United States so what's going on is Putin is trying to undermine the US economy anybody who's foolish enough to think that that Awful man is somehow a friend or friendly to the United States. You just don't know how awful this human being is. So Putin is trying to use the backdrop of coronavirus to destroy the U.S. oil industry. The U.S. oil industry has become the world's most important energy market. Uh, If you combine natural gas production in the United States with oil, So Putin is trying to flood the world market with oil that the Russians can produce at a cheaper cost per barrel than we can and try to destroy the hydraulic fracking industry across the midsection of the United States from the Canadian border in North Dakota to the Mexican border in Texas. And so it costs more with hydraulic fracking to produce each barrel of oil than it does for traditional means of extracting oil from earth. So Putin has engineered a collapse in the price of oil by making it clear he's going to flood the market with oil way beyond what the world needs right now to try to starve the U.S. oil industry for revenue. Now, that suddenly led stock markets around the world to expect a recession in the United States and also elsewhere in the world, which is also part of Putin's diabolical plan. I mean, he could be one of the villains in one of the James Bond movies. So oil prices collapsed by unprecedented amounts today and the effect for you as a consumer is that you unless this corrects in the next several trading days you'll see over the next several weeks the price of a gallon of gas drop by somewhere between 30 and 50 cents a gallon and that is a huge change and the price of a gallon of gasoline in a very short period of time. What happens with gasoline markets and oil markets is that the price at wholesale drops pretty much immediately, but the price at retail crawls down, but it eventually moves down. I'm looking at what has happened today with the price of a gallon of gas at wholesale, and the last trade was $1. eighteen a gallon, regular now that's down 21 cents today so that is a massive change you figure for every dollar decline in a barrel of oil you have about a two and a half cent decline in what you and I pay for gasoline so what's weird about this most of us don't even have an indirect connection to oil production In the United States. So you and I benefit directly, at least for now, in our wallets. But the purpose, Putin plays long games, and his long game is to weaken and destabilize the United States. And this is part of it. And so he's using the backdrop of the depressed demand for gasoline and jet fuel that is a net result of coronavirus as a way to try to drive a dagger into the heart of the U.S. economy. And so it's going to require very creative, innovative thinking from the federal government, from the White House, from the Congress, uh, because the Federal Reserve is pretty much out of ammunition at this point. It's going to require creativity at the political level, to come up with ways to keep the economy going along, not necessarily humming, but moving along as a result of the effects of coronavirus and these new moves by Putin to try to harm us as Americans. Now, the stock market. Um, Stock markets go in waves, and the stock market Historically, overshoots on the upside and overshoots on the downside, and so we are going to see an irregular pattern with the market. And we're going to see is you know moves are announced by the House of the Senate or by the White House of things they're going to try to do to protect the economy. You'll see uh, temporary recoveries in stock market values, but we were at a point where the stock market, beginning its run in 2009, up till uh, just recently, stock market maybe got ahead of itself and was priced for perfection. And now we're having an inevitable correction or bear market that the intensity of it and the timing of it is always hard to predict, but it's always an unexpected event. And so coronavirus and Putin are now what's piling on and having that effect. And you'll hear me over day after day answer your specific questions about your investments, but I want you to know that I have made no changes in my investment portfolio, and I have no plans to do so by anything I've seen to this point brian is with us on the clark howard show brian you want to jump into the travel aspect of this how are you today
1: i'm good how are you doing good to talk to you great
0: to have you here and and you're supposed to do something what was originally a much anticipated fun event later this week and now you're like wait a minute
1: exactly yeah so it's my parents 45th wedding anniversary so they're taking or want to take us all on a cruise that leaves friday and so we're it's only a three-day cruise. We're not too worried about getting sick, but we're worried about what if something happens and we would get stuck for who knows how long, quarantined, sure. and not get back in. So trying to decide what to do.
0: Well, and the latest with the cruises is the CDC has put out a weird kind of alert saying, don't go on cruises, especially if you're older. So if it's a 45th wedding anniversary for your parents, <laughs> they are... In the second category of older, and right. <laughs> you may have heard me say I was just on a cruise, a five-night I cruise. Did. Here's the weird thing. Okay, not a person on the cruise. I never heard anybody mention coronavirus. Uh-huh. Everybody was just having a good time. And I think there's yeah. a self-selection to this that people who choose to travel right now are people who... Um, overcome whatever anxiety that they might have or that they hear from friends or family uh we have good friends that uh the wife of the couple kept texting me over and over again while we were on the cruise are you safe are you okay are you going to be able to get off the cruise because the media coverage was so intense about the cruises where people have been held and quarantined and all that so i can't tell you go or or don't go i mean my as you may have heard me say, my medical knowledge, Brian, is so non existent. And if you saw my grades in science in high school, you would never ask me any question in any way related to science or medicine. All right. But um, I, you know, I find that this is something that if it would take away the fun of the experience by the anxiety that any of you would feel, then you don't go. On the other hand, if you're still excited to go and you have made your decisions about the health risks, then you go and you have a good time on a ship that will have a lot of empty cabins on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what we were thinking, and it's really just the risk of not getting back. And um, I'm kind of like you, though. I've seen a lot of good deals and bargains and have been booking some other trips, so I, I think it's a great time to find some good deals so
0: what's the general pre-existing health of your parents
1: uh they're fine they're in their like mid-60s so no no problems or anything that, that wait a minute how well. old were they when they got married well they would have been what 20? early 20s yeah wow early, like okay 22, 23
0: <laughs> nobody gets married that young anymore do they
1: no no they don't
0: <laughs> wow so if they're like i've got asthma And, you know, I've had pneumonia several times in my life. So I'm like target number one who's not supposed to go in a situation like this. But if they are in really good health and have no upper respiratory issues, then they'll just need to make their own call. But I would say that it really is a personal uh, comfort and anxiety that really should help make that decision. As far as being quarantined, you think how many ships are sailing every day, and uh-huh. the quarantines have been horrible for people who have been quarantined from these ships, but it's been extremely rare. Right. Right. Okay. So what do your parents feel?
1: Uh, so I, you know, I, they like to go on cruises. I think they're, they're just more worried about, you know, us and like if we get stuck and can't get back to work and things, so... I think they're probably leaning towards not going, but uh, it's not so much for health, but more just for potentially not getting back. So So
0: pay close attention to each cruise line's rules for Mm -hmm. allowing you to defer to a future date in terms of how far in advance you need to get that done so that you do have the ability. A lot of the policies are more than 48 hours or right at 48. Yeah, I
1: think. That's what this one was. So we're trying to make the final decision here the next day or so. But.
0: So it is, I mean, this is this is so personal. And it's got to be an individual judgment. And it sounds like you would want to go, but your parents maybe not so much. And it's their anniversary, so I guess they make the call. Today's Clark Rageous moment is about crooks, con artists, trying to empty your wallet, spinning out from the coronavirus, saying this happens after any natural or man-made disaster that the crooks come out of the woodwork and try to rip you off. There's several warnings today from the Securities and Exchange Commission about phony emails circulating claiming that a particular company or group of companies have developed um, treatments or cures for coronavirus and this is floating around social media very heavily today a lot of these are what are known in the lingo of the trade of the scamsters is pumps and dumps where they tell you that a particular unknown company has developed this magic remedy or had this breakthrough this biomedical breakthrough or whatever and what they've done is they bought stock in a failed enterprise and try to bid up the price by lying to people and then as soon as they've run the price up they sell their shares and you're left with nothing because the whole thing is false. Be very wary of anybody who in any way contacts you and says that they have an incredible opportunity for you to score money. The other area that you want to know about that there are multiple warnings from both state and federal authorities today are fake charities that are soliciting supposedly to provide relief to victims of coronavirus or other individuals affected in different ways. So only give, as I would say, in any tragedy, only give to organizations that you know of or directly involved with that, you know the work they actually do and avoid the scams. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com are our websites. And I have a special, special ripoff alert for you. <laughs>
1: This is a Clark Howard rip-off alert.
0: Okay, it is not your and my problem to fix the fact that AT&T has $150 billion in debt approximately. But they're trying to make it your and my problem with the launch of a very deceptive new TV product that you have got to know to run away from. It's going to be very heavily marketed. It's called AT&T TV, simple enough. And it is pushed at a price supposedly of $49.99 a month. That is not close to what you pay. There are massive penalties if you cancel a two-year contract that AT&T doesn't even tell you what all the junk fees are or anything like that till after you've clicked to sign up. It is sleazy, underhanded, Deceptive and wrong, what AT and T is doing. So AT and T, you sign a two-year contract. Which I mean, who with a streaming product makes you sign a two-year contract? Ridiculous. You think about you sign up with Sling or you sign up with Hulu, you sign up with YouTube TV or any of them. You don't want to be with them anymore. You quit and you're done. You later decide you want to go back, you go back. So it's fear and desperation that AT&T would do something sleazy and underhanded like a two-year contract and only tell you the price for the first year. But you can't get out of the second year where the price is typically more than double. And remember, that's before all the other junk fees are added in. For AT&T TV, this is ridiculous, and you will likely see things soliciting you if you are currently a Direct TV customer or you are AT&T for internet, trying to get you to sign up for this ridiculously awful AT&T TV. So know that it's garbage. Know that there are much better alternatives, and what I hope is that AT and will come to its senses and compete like a brave business instead of a cowardly one, hiding behind a rotten, ridiculous, terrible, inexcusable two-year contract with hidden fee after hidden fee after hidden fee, and then. The fees jumping, the cost of the programming jumping in a second year, you're committed to. And then with a massive termination fee, if you want to get out of it. Wrong, 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 wrong. at used to use, they use the slogan anymore, at and the right choice? at and is the wrong choice for at and TV. at and as I say to any company, you are welcome to come on the air and come on the show and explain why I'm wrong about this. I welcome your perspective on this. All I can tell you is I see this from my perspective and my opinion as being a lousy way to treat who you're targeting at first, which are people that have been brand loyal to at and Now, AT&T has another TV product that gives you the ability to cancel at any time and pay no penalty. That one is called AT&T TV Now, which sounds the same, right? What? What? So... We have on Clark.com a guide to video streaming services, and it lays out for you piece by piece what each of them charge, what you get, what you don't get, and all that. And it never even occurred to me that we would ever have to put up anything about a streaming service having multi-year contracts with massive cancellation penalties and huge hidden junk fees. But I guess that's what happens when you owe everybody on Earth money. Mark is with us on The Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mark. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Mark. You are looking down the road at being able to retire in less than a decade.
2: Yep. I've been listening to your show for 25-plus years, and it's prepared me to be where I'm at today. So now I'm looking to... you know, defer my expenses when I do have the chance to retire so that I don't, uh, you know, have too much more cash flow than I need.
0: So um, what age are you targeting retiring?
2: Um, Somewhere around 60, 61, something like that.
0: Okay, so that's going to leave you with a four to five year gap for uh, one of the biggest unknown expenses in retirement, which is healthcare, are you right. have you worked for one company long enough that has any form of retiree healthcare? Or are you going to be a free agent on the healthcare front?
2: No, nothing from the company. It's all it's all on me.
0: Okay, do you work for a large enough company that you'll have Cobra rights? Yes. Okay, so when somebody retires in their early 60s and has to uh deal with that gap till medicare kicks in many times it will be cheaper even as hugely expensive as cobra is because you pay 102 percent of the employer's actual cost, so the their cost plus two percent many mm-hmm. times that's the best choice to fill in and in your case it would be 18 out of um 48 to 60 months, you'd be able to cover right. with that.
2: Okay, so that's something that I've taken into consideration. I was hoping that there might be something that I could invest in today, almost kind of like investing my money into some, you know, vehicle to, you know, earn money through stocks, but could I do something, Can I get in touch with a, with a company now for insurance, and then start putting money towards that to defer my cost when I retire.
0: You can't do that, but you could, um, if you're HSA eligible, you could put money in an HSA. Do you know if you're HSA eligible with your employer?
2: I am um, I am eligible for HSA, but with the insurance that I have right now, is just a PPO. I'm not using... That plan.
0: All right. So for you, if you've got uh, nearly a decade that you could put money aside, it would be worth it for you at next open enrollment to look at the numbers on switching to the HSA eligible plan, because Uh the HSA gives you so much ability to put money aside where you get a tax break up front for doing so, then the money grows tax free, and then you spend it tax free. Um, when you need it for eligible medical expenses. So that's how you would be able most efficiently to put money aside for medical expenses after you retire but before you're Medicare eligible. Okay. Because you'd be able to sock away money, think about it, for uh, seven, eight, nine years or whatever your target window is, you're able to sock that money away and have it towards the medical costs that you're going to have in those years leading into Medicare. It's fantastic because, sure. because think about it. I mean, what else there is nothing else that I'm aware of where you got a tax break up front and then you get tax free growth and tax free spending.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to compare that with the choice that my wife and I have made at this time in our lives. You know, with with our current medical conditions, I just want to make sure that that plan gives us the coverage that we need until retirement.
0: So here's a pain, I mean, I'm I'm jumping way ahead since we're talking uh, like seven, eight, nine years away, but you may find that you need to work part-time somewhere that would gap those years to 65 when you can have Medicare. Sure, sure. And so, a lot of people do that where they'll, a lot of places, if you work 20 hours a week, you qualify for their group health care. And that may be where you build in that protection. Okay. But I'll tell you, if it works for your current health needs, if you can transition into that HSA eligible plan, that's been my most effective strategy to recommend to people who retire what I think they refer to as young old, where you're doing it before, Medicare eligibility, that helps with those gap years, because those are are pretty expensive years to insure, because um, if you think about it, insurance companies don't want to insure people past age 50, and when they do so, they do so only reluctantly, and at the higher premiums that the law allows. Kevin is with us on The Clark Howard Show. Hello, Kevin.
3: Hey, Clark. How are you?
0: Great. Thank you, Kevin. How can I be of service?
3: Well, first off, let me say thank you for all the information and service you provide. You're a daily inspiration to those, those of us out here. and We appreciate you.
0: Well, you were kind to say that. You're, you're, a, um, you're in the same situation I am with teens and college in your life.
3: Yes, our oldest daughter is uh, finishing her second year in college, and we have uh, basically been paying cash for everything so far. Uh, But we've come to the end of that uh, collection we had, and we are needing to get some more. So a question for you is really based on something you said a couple weeks ago about refinance rates being pretty attractive. So we started looking at that, and we thought, well, if you know, if we're going to go through the refinance, maybe it's uh, a better idea simply to pull some money um, out of our equity piggy bank and use that to uh, fund the rest of college for her. What are your thoughts on that?
0: So I'm always nervous about stacking debt, debt against a home, but in your case, you're not doing what a lot of people are doing in this refinancing wave which is they're taking existing credit card debt and personal loans and putting them against the mortgage. That's a dangerous cycle because people tend to, within 18 to 24 months, have started to run balances again on credit cards and things like that. In your case, it's for a very specific purpose, and that is to pay for your child's college education. And the interest rate you can get right now is so favorable on the refi that I would say that that is an effective strategy for you to pay for her junior and senior year.
3: Right. We are just looking at the parent plus loan options being you know six seven percent. percent. Yeah. Right. And that's not you know that's not very attractive. And when we can refi a house at you know under three um, and basically borrow from our own equity piggy bank, that seems like a seems like a better solution.
0: Yeah. Now you are taking debt that you would be able to pay off shorter cycle, and you're paying it off over fifteen or thirty years, so you're you're paying a substantial amount of interest, even at what looks like a very low rate. So
3: right part of our part of our answer too is that we know we're not going to be in this house more than probably five or six years, so we're not going to finish the term of the loan anyway. Um, so it, it's just. That's why I wanted your opinion on this because it, it seems easy, but I'm I'm making sure I don't fall into a, a pit somewhere else.
0: No, I'm always I'm always nervous any time somebody asks me about a cash out on a refi. But in your case, it is a smart financial strategy because you sound like you're not somebody who's crazy reckless with your money because you were able to save mo- enough money to pay for two years of college. So I'm not worried <laughs> about you doing anything um, very risky with your financial picture so shop around for that refi know that when you do a cash out your rates higher than it will be if you just do a straight exchange of the existing debt into a lower rate loan but it obviously will be much cheaper than the stratospheric rates that are being charged right now on parent plus loans Susan's with us on the Clark Howard show hi Susan how are you doing I'm doing fine Clark how are you doing today great thank you you're about to join roughly a 30 35 percent of homeowners in the United States with a special thing you're going to do what is that I'm making my last mortgage payment you know a lot of people are stunned they're like deer in headlights when I talk about (laughs) the fact that uh, nearly a third of homeowners own their homes free and clear. They're like, what? How did they ever yep. do that? Uh,
2: it wasn't easy, but we got through it.
0: Great. Well, how can I be of service to you on what's a really great occasion?
2: Oh uh, Well, I'm just wondering, is there anything I should do or know now that it's paid off? Uh, I keep hearing things where, you know, uh, the criminals get into your online stuff, and they take your mortgage and sell it, and then you pay for it or something. I
0: don't know. So um, what you're talking about is uh, where people try to take new debt against your home, impersonating you, pretending they're you, and fortunately, that is a very rare crime. Uh, You usually have tip-offs if you start getting weird mail at your house for... Uh, for, you know, welcome as a new customer or anything like that. But the other thing is, when your loan is paid off, check with your county and see if they have any title notification service. A lot of jurisdictions have a service where they will notify you if you register with them anytime there is an attempt to take debt against your home or any other action against the title of your home. Because the counties don't want to be part of the problem. They want to be part of the solution. And those are free registries in the counties that offer that. Um, But really, your mail is one of the best tip-offs if anything funny is (laughs) happening. And the odds that something weird, terrible would happen are so, so low that of the things to worry about in life, That's not one that I would be especially concerned about. And the great news is that every month all you have to worry about is enjoying your home, not making that payment. But you will become responsible for your own property taxes and your own homeowner's insurance.
2: Right. Yeah, that I was aware of. So that's if that's all I really need to know, that's great. Other than I'll have like, I don't know, maybe money left over at the end
0: of the month right right which is such a terrible problem to have what should i do with all this extra money i suddenly have in my life every month i'd say take a little bit of it and enjoy life the rest of it you squirrel away you're listening to the clark howard show